Our sermon scripture is from the gospel according to Matthew in the 10th chapter, beginning at the first verse. And Jesus called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And wherever and whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, Jesus, up to this point, has been all around Galilee preaching and teaching and healing. And he's been recruiting. He's been recruiting disciples to follow him. And and now he's got them all together. And he just told them that the harvest is ripe. That the world is ready. And he's got his crack A-team of 12. And he's sending them out to start the revolution. I mean, this is Paul Revere. One if by land, two if by sea. All right, This is storming the Bastille. This is the crossing of the Rubicon. There's no turning back. He's sending them out and he equips them for ministry. Telling them that all the authority, his own authority over all things, he is giving to them. Equipping them to be ready. And then he gives them their orders. Now, I know that you civilians just do whatever you like. And if somebody tells you to do something, sometimes you just don't do it just because they told you to. But in the military, orders are serious business. Orders send you across the sea. Orders send you into harm's way. 
They tell you to fly where you don't want to fly. Orders might get you yelled at, and they might get you shot at. Orders take you out of your nice little home in New Orleans and send you over to the desert for six months. Orders are important. And when you get orders, you pay attention. These are Jesus' orders for his disciples, and we should probably pay attention to what he tells his top 12 lieutenants. Now, before I get going, you, you already know what he's going to say, right? I mean, it's the gospel message. Go and tell everyone that if they believe in me, I'll forgive their sins and they can go to heaven. That's what the gospel is all about, right? That's what we know. Seriously, though, preacher, why did you talk about all that Black Lives Matter stuff last week when the gospel was about saving souls to go to heaven? But that's not what Jesus' orders are. In fact, he says none of those words, not forgive, not sins, not souls, not save, except heaven. He does talk about the kingdom of heaven. But what Jesus says is that they should tell people that it's coming here, that it's near, it's at hand, it's with them. Not that we're going there. These orders are not just some weird section of Matthew. Whenever Jesus preaches, he says, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. When he teaches his disciples to pray the one essential prayer, he teaches them to pray, Thy kingdom come here. He teaches a whole bunch of parables and they're all about the kingdom of heaven. In fact, I've got a little graphic for you. Marianne's going to put a picture up on the screen. We're going real high tech today. And hopefully you should be able to see a picture right now. How are we looking? We got a picture? Yes. This is called a word cloud. All right, and this is a word cloud of the Gospel of Matthew that's from theblindbeggar.org. And what a word cloud does, it shows you a picture of words and makes the words that are more common in the passage or the text that you're reading larger. So the more often a word appears, the more it's talked about in the text, the larger it is in the picture. So in the Gospel of Matthew, you can see right in the middle, the biggest word is Jesus. Right? Jesus occurs the most often, the most common word in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, now given this, this eliminates words like the, the, and a, and and, those kind of words, and, right, those kind of words. Just the major words, right? So, so Jesus is the most common. But then you might be surprised to see that right there above the large letters of Jesus are the letters for heaven and kingdom. Kingdom and heaven. Now, that means that those words are words that Jesus says or that are included in the Gospel of Matthew more often than any other words besides a couple like one and came, right? Kingdom and heaven. It's something Jesus apparently talks about all the time. Conversely, I can't find on this picture the word forgive, sins, souls, or save. Now, it's just a good way to see that Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom of heaven coming near. And... If you could take that picture back down. Thank you. 
It is a part of these orders that Jesus gives his disciples. So we should probably understand it and follow these orders as well. Now, understanding the kingdom of heaven, what Jesus means when he talks about it, helps you to understand why Jesus cares that black lives matter and why I preach that black lives matter. You see, if Jesus only cares about souls that are going to heaven, well then, if he only cares about believing in him and forgiveness of sins, then lives in the sense of bodily existence, in the sense of the physical life that we have, well, they don't really matter. It makes sense that Christians wouldn't follow this message, right? Pretty much just our minds and our hearts matter if it's just about believing in Jesus and going to heaven and our souls, right? And only really hearts in the biblical sense of a center of being, not the organ that pumps blood. But Jesus insists that we must love God with our heart, our soul, our mind, and also our strength, our bodies. And here, in our defining orders on what we should be doing to spread the good news, Jesus takes a shocking interest in bodies. His orders are all about bodies. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. We should translate that into 21st century parlance to make it make a little more sense to you. Jesus is saying... I'm all about health and wellness, giving life, touching the untouchable and restoring into community those who have been oppressed and fighting against the forces of evil that seek to enslave us like addiction, violence, revenge, fear, and pretty much any ism that you can think of. Now the rest of our orders say that that's what we need to be concerned about and the rest of it we need to leave up to God. Jesus has got us covered. We can travel light in this world. We can trust God to have laid the groundwork before us so that people are ready to accept us. We work with like-minded people, people who are ready to pick up what we're laying down, and we work for everyone else. So when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about transforming people's inner lives, yes, but also their physical existence, their bodies. Forgiveness, belief, being saved, all of that is like basic training. That's what gets you in the fight. Once you are trained, your orders are to be a part of bringing the kingdom of heaven near to people, to join in Jesus' revolution, bringing healing and help and hope, bringing life, bringing connection and community, bringing freedom to the unborn, to black people, to blue people, to LGBTQ people, to whoever the people are that you come into contact with. 
to whoever needs it. That's our task. And we leave the converting and the following up to Jesus. And Jesus says, if people aren't down with God's plan to transform the world, we don't need to worry about that either. Because God's got that covered too. Because in the end, there will be no more sickness, no more death, no more isolation, no more evil. In the new heaven, in the new earth that God is bringing, in our new glorified bodies. Thanks be to God, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We now have a time of response and reflection. You may uh, enjoy this anthem that Jessica's playing and, and reflect and respond to God's word in whatever way God is calling you. And I'll also uh, invite you now, if God is calling you to give, this would be an appropriate time.